Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. Well, it's true. We are live here with Coffee with Humans with my new friend, Garrett. Garrett, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Isn't it fun? On this fine Saturday, I'm outside. I decided to go camping for the weekend. You clearly did not decide to go camping for the weekend. I have, for our viewers and listeners, I don't know Garrett yet. We have talked about nothing for about 10 minutes, just some technical checks. And we're going to get into the thick of it on mindset engineering, which I'm excited about. I like that. I also have no idea what he's talking about. So I just to get this out of the way, I'm normally in Northern Illinois. Where are you located? I am in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh my gosh, Colorado Springs. I know so many people from Colorado Springs through Coffee with Humans. You no, know, this is this is how I know you through all the people you probably know, just how I actually found out about you. And so it's uh, I've been kind of following you. It's been pretty pretty fun. It's weird. <laughs> I find it I think it's weird. I think it's also fascinating because the world is such a small it's such a large and small place like all at the same time. I love it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, I'm glad you're at Coffee with Humans. I'm excited to get to know you. And I also want to know what you, what you know about mindset engineering. But I do have one question, which I failed to prep you for, which is simply, why did you choose to click the button to have coffee with me? That's pretty simple. So remember all those people that we know from Colorado Springs? You interviewed one. So a really good friend of mine, Scott Grant, he was on a couple months ago. And I watched that one. I was like, man, that looks like a blast. So I, while you were interviewing him, I signed up for this one because it's just, I don't know. And then I started watching your other conversations. Like this off the cuff thing is just so cool. Like it really is. You say a lot, just like meeting these strangers and asking them for coffee, but then you just get to know these people. And it's just, it's something that just isn't done. It's like the best networking out there because there's no <laughs> other voices or whatever. It's just you and this dude that you have no idea who he is. It's good times. Right. <laughs> and I'm always waiting to, I'm always waiting to have a, a, a weird, like a really weird conversation. I've never had one yet. Um, and some people have asked me, like, have you ever talked to somebody who's just totally weird? And I was like, no, actually, I've never had a bad coffee call. So don't be my first, please. <laughs> oh, I will, I will do or, my best. Or you. Or do, like, why not? <laughs> we'll just let the cards lay and we'll see what happens. It should be, uh, it'll be a good time either way. If it's weird, it'll be fun. If it's not weird, it'll be great. Yeah. So the, this mindset engineering thing, I'm very curious because you also talked about time and I don't know where you're headed with this, but I'm admittedly fascinated by this idea of mindset and you seem to be you seem to be a guru in that. It's definitely a passion. So with the mindset engineering, most people call it mindset coaching. And I think there's just coaches are a diamond dozen nowadays, right? Everybody's a coach of some sort. But if you look at what we're actually doing is, especially for minds for, it, it, at least with what I do, is we start with this person's goals, these dreams, these aspirations that they have. And then we begin to engineer make a plan and really bring to that desire into fruition by saying, if you have limiting beliefs or do you have, what other roadblocks do you have? And we start to just develop a plan or a program to remove the limiting, limiting beliefs, replace them with ones that are more in line with their goals. And brief little other part of back, I used to do, I used to 
my first career was in, I designed houses and I worked a lot with the engineers and how we would create this house based off of this design and the other aspects, the structural parts of that needed to come together to make that house be what it was. And I relate that to what we do in helping people find, realize their dreams, find their goals. And so that's what the engineering piece was. And then the collapsing time, it's a little bit of a longer discussion, but it is very interesting because there's our, there are techniques within the mindset engineering where you take that goal and you realize this person that you want to be from that goal. And you start acting as if that person already exists. So you really take on the characteristics, like these lists of who it is you want to be and then embody them. And then guess what? You just became that person. So you've collapsed time. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take years. It, it really can happen it, almost instantaneously. The hard part is really getting that belief system to say, first you're acting, but the more you act, you start to believe that. And then you literally become that person. So that's really the collapsing time piece. That's interesting. I love the analogy you have between building house and building life or thinking about your, thinking about the whole scope of who you are, because it seems that many times, at least in my experience, that going through life, it's kind of like building, it's kind of like starting with a simple structure and then we just add on things. Oh, I needed that. Oh, I need that. It doesn't necessarily have a plan to it. And it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to tear it down. So sometimes when life gets torn down for us through traumatic experiences or circumstances or choice, it offers us that opportunity to decide what do we want as part of our, as part of our lives? How many rooms do we want? How many, how many bathrooms? Do we need a sunroom? Do we need a deck? And just like people get, I think, into those times when they're just like, I need something new. I need to, something's not quite right here. This isn't fitting me physically. I think sometimes that's a representation of what's happening. Kind of like you talk about this, what's happened in our, in our mind that something's not fitting me. What do I need to change here? And how do I craft that? Is that yeah. that's what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And if you think about it, as we go through life, we can start off with the house that's perfect for our needs at that point in time. And then maybe we have kids or maybe we kids move out. Our life is constantly changing and we have to, we can adapt our mindset to be, if we want to downsize or we want to upsize or whatever that looks like, we can, we literally can restructure or re reevaluate, redesign our current situation into where it is that we want to be. It's almost like flipping houses. You're just flipping your life. Yeah. And you're right. You, you also said that it can happen almost instantaneously. You can just make a decision. And I think that is so true. So many times the idea that keeps us from going someplace or doing something is really just a matter of choice. There's no physical limitation to it. There's no resource limitation to it. It's just the fact that we decided, no, I'm not going to do that. Or we keep worse yet. We keep talking about wanting to do something and are not we don't believe that we can just go ahead and do it. Like getting away for a weekend or something like that. We can't, I got all these other things going on. It's like, just go. You can actually just go. It's Look at you. You're doing the podcast from camping. Where are you camping from? Because I'm actually a little bit jealous right now because I love camping. I'm like, man, it looks like the place that I would like to be. I oh, just did not. This is, it's a little bit off the charts. It's great. It's Wyalusing State Park in Wisconsin. It is on the border of Iowa and Wisconsin, where the Wisconsin River and the Mississippi meet. Yeah. And there's about a 300 foot or so bluff that overlooks the Wisconsin River and then the and Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin. And that's for people in Wisconsin, they probably know where that's at. Nobody else necessarily knows, but 
it's, if you remember geography, there's Mississippi, <laughs> there's Wisconsin River, and I'm right here. And, and I love the idea, and I've done only a handful of these out, but it's, but to your point, this idea of why couldn't you, why, like, what, what would prevent me from doing a coffee with humans call? Yesterday, I had two video calls with clients and took them out here. And I was admittedly a little nervous about that, but it's, I have great internet access. I got my laptop out and just typing away. I'm getting work done while also being outside. And it, and it, COVID almost made that to this idea of mindset. COVID made all sorts of things acceptable that never would have been acceptable two years ago. People were like, you're doing what? One of the guys on the conference call, he's director of sales for, for this large company that I'm a consultant with. And, and he was like, yeah, I lived like half the year last year in, a, in my camper because of COVID. Because they are just, they're like, hell, we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the campground. Yes, absolutely. Why not? Just go live your life. And it was really, I mean, COVID's a perfect example. It was just a change in mindset. And all of a sudden, the whole new paradigm was opened up in a way of working and living that no one thought was possible a month prior. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because there are two ways. And with my kids, obviously with COVID, they did the school at home. And I, like, I have this annoying thing with them where I always make them look at the different perspective because they first start off going, oh my gosh, this sucks. I just want to be in school and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a second. You don't have to get up at 5.30 now to get ready for school. You can just roll out of bed at 7 and you, they don't require you to have your camera on. So you, you don't have to take a shower until the afternoon. And then you're right. This isn't so bad. And they just, they took it on. And that, but that's really what we're talking about here is stop thinking about this aspect of I got to do this and I got to do that. Like, why? Just, you can do it from the campground. You can do it. Literally have the technology now to do business anywhere. And so do it and enjoy Just enjoy life while you're working. It's great. Yeah. There is that. I talked to a guy yesterday, what, Thursday, Thursday, and he was talking about living fully and dying empty and how so many people get to or choose to live a life where they talk about doing the things they want to do and they never follow their dreams. They just, it doesn't go anywhere for them. And they get to the campground and to the, to the cemetery and they die there with their dreams still with never accomplished the things that they want to do in their life. And how, what a shame that is. Yeah. And I, it wasn't long ago. I was that person. I didn't, and there's things I wanted to do. And finally I hit this low point in life. I'm like, you know what? This is stupid. This is stupid. What, why am I always here? And there are things that I want to accomplish in life. So what is it going to take for me to do it? And I really, I was, there was this training thing that I went to years back where someone had, the speaker had said, and I've referenced this a lot, but it's just so true. She said that any success that you have or any success that you don't have in life has nothing to do with your external circumstances, other people, has everything to do with you. And once you start working on you, developing this internal person that you want to become, like really going for these goals and figuring out how to obtain them, you can meet any success you want. It's just done with you. you like you said, you make that choice or that decision. And once you make the decision and you take that first step towards going after whatever it is you're going to go after, you'll be amazed at how things just really start to align. You open up these blinders, right? And you get a different perspective and you see all these resources and things that you weren't aware of before because now you're actually making movement towards what it is you want to do. And it becomes obtainable. And it's just making those few little steps for the choice, the decision and that first initial step and just watch how it will just unfold for you. 
Where did you start? I'm curious your journey down this path of caring so much about mindset and helping other people walk through this. It didn't happen by accident, I'm assuming. No, it didn't. I, there were two low points in my life. There was one in 2009, because I was, again, I was in architecture and the housing market crashed. So that, that career came to an abrupt stop and I was unemployed for three years and blah, blah, blah. So there's a, that low point. And then I climbed back up and started getting some more successes in life and it was going, things were going great. And then it was just like another, just hit the floor again and another rock bottom state. And so I was, there's some mentors of mine. I'm like, what do I need to do? Really? I took that with that person said to heart. And I was like, if it's true, if it's true that it's me, there's something inside of me that has to change. Where do I start? And I asked, and one of the mentors just gave me a list of books to read. And one of them was what to say when you talk to yourself by Dr. Shad Helmstetter. And I started, that book is amazing. If we, if we know anything about I am statements and these affirmations that people talk about a lot, he literally breaks down five levels of that self-talk of those affirmations and level one, level two are all negative, right? So when we talk to, and really when we're talking to about ourselves, to ourselves, we're brutal. We're just brutal to who we are. We, I can't, when you can stop saying I can't and start saying you can, there's an interesting thing that happens within your thought process. And you begin to actually, your subconscious begins to believe that you literally can. And just because you just changed the way you talk. And that was just so amazing to me. And so I, I actually I have a doctorate in computer science. So once I find something that's like intriguing and I'm ready, I'm ready to go do the research, then I'm like, cool, let's dig into this. <laughs> let's dig in really good. So I started just reading books and books upon books, taking master classes and all these things to figure out anything I could about the mindset and really the thought process. It's the thought process that that I completely geeked out on. And once I flipped all this, once I really got into the state of saying, instead of focusing on my current results and this current position that I'm at, let me focus on where I really want to go in life. And then let that be, I want to say at the forefront of our mind, you're, you can still live in the present, which is a very important piece, right? We don't want to just lose ourselves in these dreams. We work towards them in the present, but that focus was always there. And again, like I was saying, all these resources, it was just like my, my whole perception of life changed. And I found these resources and successes became different, right? Everything about how I live life, how I approach life was just different. And I think with anybody that kind of, that does that kind of research and gets that deep into it, they just, this philanthropy aspect just pops into them. I have to share this with people because this is knowledge that if I had known so many years ago, things would have been a lot different and not that I would ever change my life, but now if I can talk to someone else to keep them from going through these rock bottom places and they can just meet these successes or, or realize their dreams or obtain their goals by knowing this knowledge then, or having this knowledge, then I have to share it. And it's just been a passion ever since. And it just continues to grow. That's, that was really it. It's interesting that when we come across those life-changing understandings that when it truly does change us, then it doesn't actually come out. It's, it's almost like we become amplifiers for goodness. And that it's so powerful. And I did, and I, I saw, so I was having this conversation the other day and i saw it on a Ted talk. Somebody's it wasn't a Ted talk. It was, I don't know, some other chat. And the guy was talking about mindset and the idea of free will and whether we have, we, where we have free will or we, we don't. 
And he said, well, the closer we get to doing something, the closer we, the closer we are to doing something, the less free will we have. And he said, so he said, I want you to think about this, that if you go to move your arm, as soon as you make the decision to move your arm, your body just takes over your mind, your muscles, they just do their thing. And he says, and now you don't, now it just happens. And so you don't necessarily have free will when you're moving your arm, your what what is designed to happen just happens however you have the free will to make that choice and then you can and then you can stop but you can't but you don't have will in the moment and he equated it to this idea that when we have certain i when we make certain decisions we make certain choices there are just sort of natural laws that take over and it seems that kind of coupling that with what you're talking about with mindset when we choose to see our world in a certain way the natural laws of that belief system take over and, and everything's crafted around us, right? So if we choose to see that the world is a good place or that we can create good in the world, we do create good in the world and we see good. And if we choose to see that, oh, we can't do it, I shouldn't do it, I won't do it, then we start to live that way. And the natural, it's almost like the natural laws of the world lock us into that experience as well. And then we start to, to begin spiraling down. What do you see? What do you see in those things? No, I think that's, it's very true. And so when people go, when they chase their goals or they're going after, we all have these dreams and they start on that road and they will find this, this roadblock or whatever. I think that piece, that piece where you said, when I go to move my arm, there's a certain point in time where that sub, our subconscious kicks in and it just does this thing out of, it's out of habit. And so there is a piece that when we can make that choice, we'll say, I want to start living in this way. And we will for a while because it's in that, again, that part is in our conscious thought. So I guess the best way to, my best analogy is when people make these New Year's resolutions to get into shape and they want to go to the gym, right? So they're consciously thinking, again, about where they're going to go in life, what they're going to do, what they're going to look like, this dream body that I'm going to have, the health that I'm going to have. And they're consciously thinking about that and thinking about that. And what the thought process, how it works is that with that conscious thought, it impresses that idea into your subconscious mind and your subconscious generates these feelings or the emotions that coincide with the conscious thought. And then that feelings and emotions are really what drive our actions. So in the beginning, we're excited, right? So we're wanted to have this body. We're thinking about our future results. We're excited. That's the subconscious generating the proper emotion and feeling. And so we're actually going to the, but then a week later, we jump on the scale and we go, oh, I've only lost one pound in a week after all that work. And that's when we're going to go back into our habitual state, right? Because it's our habit, our initial habit is to think about the current results. And our current results now is not what we wanted from the futures, impresses into our subconscious mind, we get depressed. <laughs> We have this depression. And so what's the feeling and the emotion that coincides with depression? Or I'm sorry, the actions that coincide with depression? There are no actions. You stop going to the gym, you sit back on the couch, and you binge watch Netflix. So you can see how where our conscious thought, where we're consciously thinking is because it's really starting to drive us to places, but we still have to battle with this habitual place of where we were to begin with. And so how are people overcome that? They say <clears throat> they... <clears throat> excuse me, they look past that that result. And they say, yes, I don't have the result now, but I'm going to continue focusing on where I want to go in life. And they, as they do that, it keeps pushing that up feelings and emotions of what they want to do. So you have to overcome that habitual piece 
at some point. And then, yes, that new way of thinking becomes your habit. And that's when you really go into that direction of this is what I'm, this is how I'm going to start living my life. But there is that time period where there's a battle between the way you were living and the way you want to live. And so you just, that conscious choice, that conscious decision of, of going towards the way you want to live, it's hard. It's what we call putting in the work, but eventually that becomes your habit and you really do just live in that way. There's a great book called Triggers, which I want to say is by Malcolm Gladwell. I could be wrong on that, but I think it's, I think it is. And it talks about adult behavioral change and how adults typically don't change significant behaviors. We just become ingrained in the things that we want to do or the things we keep doing because life is all about habits and our brains are programmed to just stay the course, which is good. It's a strength, but it can also be a detriment when we want to change course because we can make the decision you're talking about. Okay. Set an intention. I'm intentionally going to go to the gym. You might, but you don't change any of the other circumstances. You don't change your habits around that. And all of a sudden you'll go right back to the way that you were doing it because your entire life is crafted around that. And some, sometimes we need to break ourselves out of that intentionally by disrupting those patterns because otherwise we, when, what kind of when the going gets tough or when we come to that point of evaluation, we go boom, right back where we, right back where we were. I, uh, I've seen this in, so I coached, I coached at the gym for a number of years. And one of the things when people are learning to lift new things, right? They're learning to lift a weight that they haven't lifted before, something heavy, right? It never fails. They'll, they'll lift it up to like here. And maybe they're, they're, maybe they're supposed to get it like up to here or overhead or something like that, right? They'll be like, they'll lift it up to about here and they'll be like, ah, I can't lift it. Well, so you already did. You already did lift it. You don't know how to, you don't know how to land it. You don't know how to be stable with holding it there, but it's actually already lifted. And, uh, and I said, there's two things your body, uh, doesn't want to do. It doesn't want to fall over. It doesn't want to hit its head and it will, your subconscious will do almost anything it can to prevent you from falling over or hitting your head. And when you feel like it's up here, if you've never lifted that and landed it and held it in the air, your body's just, whoa, what are you doing? I'm going to fall over. I'm going to hit my head. And so programmed to, to prevent that lift. As soon as you start lifting it, you're like, don't hit my head. Don't fall over. Don't hit my head. Don't fall over. Don't hit my head. Don't fall over. I'm going to get hurt. And your body's actively fighting against you. And when we get to that point where we land it for the first time, we start to program that new pathway. And then we see that cycle of success where it's like, oh, your body learns that I can do this possible. I didn't, all the, all the disastrous things that I thought was going to happen subconsciously even didn't actually happen. And I'm actually safe. And now also we become, we become reprogrammed in that direction. And it, and it's almost, it becomes so obvious looking from the outside in. It becomes so obvious. And we see it also when somebody changes something, they change something in the process. All of a sudden the whole thing falls apart. And some people get frustrated in that. And I've always encouraged people, of course, the whole thing falls apart. All of these things had to happen in succession. And your mind built a whole plan for it that you didn't even know was happening. Mm -hmm. And if you come back to that a little bit later, your brain will have put it back together to make sure that the, all the thousands probably of micro decisions that had to happen to get weight right over your head from the floor, all of a sudden your brain will put it together and you'll again complete that cycle of success. And by learning that path, you will become successful by doing that. But most people, it seems, or I shouldn't say most, that might be overreaching. Many don't follow that path because it's hard. They get discouraged instead before they even started or worse yet, they get discouraged when they actually already did the thing that they then subsequently say, I can't do it. So you just did it. You didn't complete it, but you just did it. Be excited. 
How do you get people through that point when you see these limiting beliefs and you that they're like, you're almost there. Keep going. But where do you take those for people in their minds? So there's, it's visualization exercises are, are huge. And what we do, because there, there's a, just throwing books out there. There's a, there's a book called Cycle Cyber Next by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. And he's really big in the visualization piece. And what he was, uh, he was a plastic surgeon way back in the day. And he realized that there were people, when he was doing surgery on people, some people were taken to that that would change their opinion of, of themselves. But some people still have these, this, the self image of who they were. And so really what we're looking at is a self image. It's a belief system that even though I just did it, there's a belief that it needs to be transformed to say, I can go the, the rest of the way. And what we do is we do these visualization exercises where you actually close your eyes and just imagine yourself actually doing the lift or whatever task it is you're supposed to be doing. Because the beautiful thing about the subconscious mind is that it has no idea whether what you're feeding it is fact or fiction. It just takes it and it goes. So if we can see ourselves over and over and over doing this lift, this exercise, this task, eventually your body starts to, your subconscious takes that and just becomes the habit. It just starts to memorize that lift, that lift. And then it goes, okay, now I can do it. It, it actually changes that self-image. It changes that belief to something that it knows it can do. And there is tons of studies in, in, in that book. He talked about a, a couple of them in sports aspects where they take three groups of, of basketball players and they have one group who does the act of practicing their free shots, their free throws. And then another group who just imagine themselves doing the same thing. And then another group who doesn't do anything. They just, they sit on the couch or whatever. So what was interesting is the group that was doing the actual actions, they increased their shots by 10%, whatever. I don't remember the actual percentage of the book. And then the ones who would just use the visualization aspect, they also improved their free shot just by going through the mechanics in their mind, their body memorizes it. And runners, they will have people who run, imagine the race and your brain from that imagination is actually triggering the fast twitch muscles that are being activated in the race. So again, that's how we do it. We're saying, just visualize yourself doing that. And then your body begins to believe it. So then the next time they go and do that left, they've seen themselves do it a million times and then they accomplish it. And so that that's a really big, a really powerful exercise of getting people past that point. That is so interesting. I read a, I read that similar, I read a book. It wasn't that, it wasn't that book. I read a, I did read a book that had that reference, that study with basketball players. And it was statistically significant increase in shooting capability by people who simply thought about how to throw the ball and how it's going to go in the net. And it, it couples with this idea that I had, this is part of a conversation, same similar conversation the other day where I, I was, I said something like our body are merely outlets for our souls and our minds, whatever, however that exists, our bodies simply respond. They just work it out in this physical space. And it gets to that idea that whether the, uh, the whole saying, like, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. Or like, well, I think the, is it the, it's not the, Somebody has, I don't know, 40% rule or something like that. As soon as you, as soon as you, as soon as your body says, you're like, oh, I'm so tired, you actually have 40% more you could give because the rest is just, it, you're, it's actually your mind that said, I can't go further. I can't do this any longer. And, and it's interesting that, that it's overlooked. I think the power 
that people have by dumbing us down to just, just creatures. Like, hey, we're just a creature like deer or a dog or a cat. We dumb ourselves down to that and we re and we forego, like we give up the, I think the power that we have and how important it is that we, that our ability to think all of these things through, that's the, that's like the beginning and the out and the outcome. Like we, wh whether we do something and complete it or whether we just, like you say, you sit on the couch, don't do anything and complain about life. All of that comes from our ability to craft our reality beginning in our minds. I think mm -hmm. it's fascinating. And I, how do we go about, how do we go about teaching younger folks that? Why do we have to go to middle age and then like suddenly stumble upon this going and they go, oh my God, I found something you need to know about. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's been, that's a passion of mine too, is getting it to the, because it's, it's not something we're taught in schools. That's a science class that should be taught, right? Is that what is our body doing and how we're, that the whole thought process that we just talked about earlier. And it's just hard. To, and it's not that schools don't want that. They have, they're set with the curriculum that they're supposed to, and they would love to bring people in. Then there's the finances. Obviously there's, they can't necessarily afford to pay for someone to come in, but kids. So I do these things with my own kids and I can just give you a, a real quick story with my oldest, oldest son. He hates it when I give the story, but he's, he won't hear it. He's in the other, he's in the other room. So recorded. He, I can direct him to it. Yeah, for sure. He, he was going through, he was very reserved. He's a highly intelligent kid, but sometimes with those highly intelligent people, they don't necessarily have the social skills that they would like to have a very introverted. And he, he came to me as like, dad, I really, I want to start becoming more outgoing. I want to take on more leadership roles. And he gave a list of like 10 or 15, 10 to 15 things I want to say. And I was like, oh, cool. Here's, and I give him these exercises, right? So let's start and write down the characteristics of this person that you want to become. And then start doing these visualization exercises and the, these I am statements, which are powerful because that's the self-talk, right? I am this person. I am that person, that type of person. And just do this every day. He did it every day. And I want to say it's about a month because it had to be in about a month. And then we had a parent teacher conference and with COVID was going on. So obviously it was online, but I want three, three of his teachers, um, said, we have to talk to you about your son. And typically when we have conversations with teachers, it's like, we, if we could just clone him, it would be great. And that's the conversation then we're done. So never has someone ever said, we need to talk to you about your son. And so that kind of scared him at first. And they were just saying, they said, we started noticing these changes in him. He's speaking out more in class. He's taking on more leadership roles. He's doing, he's, he literally became that person within a month. And this is what the beauty is of teenagers and kids is that they don't, we middle-aged people have these, our habits are pretty freaking ingrained in us and they don't have these habits yet, right? They're there, but yeah. they're not as strong as with, a, with an adult. So they can change this in just record time. And so he was like, holy crap, dad, this stuff really works. And so now that both of my sons are in sports or whatever, they're going through this whole process and they're how do I write this? And they come to me and like, if I want to do an I am statement, what, and for this, what does that sound like? And to get that in front of kids would be, it would be a game changer. The world would literally be a different place within years of just getting that kind of curriculum into the school. Yeah, absolutely. The malleability of uh, the mind of the youth is so important to capitalize on, because like you said, I think I heard, I heard 
think I heard it something like after 35, basically you are, you are, unless you've spent some significant work moving mm -hmm. in a different direction, you just, it, you've done it for so long, you've done your thing that it's just, that's what the path you're going to follow. And I, or at least you'll go back to it. Even if you try and change it, you go, Burr. you just go revert back. But youths are just trying to figure out how, like their brains are actively putting new things together to figure out how the world works. And particularly their self-responsibility, their like their self-worth and their responsibility. Who am I in the world? And then once that's decided, it just skate along until about middle age when we're like, and what have I, has any of this been worth it type of thing? And then all of a sudden we start shifting and ideally people make it through that point too and start figuring out how they're going to give back. But I agree with you. It sounds like mysticism in some sort of, and I think that's maybe why some people reject the idea and instead don't don't like pick up the responsibility of who I decide to be is my choice. And I don't, and while I might not know exactly how that plays out because all sorts of things happen in life, how I'm going to craft my world, my sphere of influence begin. And I love what you talk about belief because you're bringing it back to belief and feelings that people, people act out of their beliefs here. This is an interesting one I heard at some conference. The guy says facts, we believe certain things and they're not necessarily based on facts because we believe certain, we believe, we, we even believe, sorry, we even have beliefs that are contradictory to one another. Because they, and it was so funny because he says, the early, how many have heard the early bird gets the worm? And everybody's like, I do. Any, anybody believe that? Yeah, I believe it. How many believe good things come to those who wait? <laughs> like, everybody's like, what? Hold on, are you tricking me? <laughs> it's so funny because it's so true that we believe the early bird gets the worm or good things come to those who wait. And when really it's circumstantial, we don't know. And it's so funny because we, how many of those people, and there were, I think, a thousand people in the room. How many of those people had given anything? And they, we heard those things when we were kids. And we just went, like, of course. Yeah, good things come to those who wait. Yep. Early bird gets the worm. True. Yep. And we didn't even realize that we were holding contradictory belief systems until a guy on a stage and a thousand people go, wait a second. That's true. I, how, when did I consider what I believe? Yeah. And we should teach our youth that, I think. No, I agree. I agree. Belief is huge. It's, it'll set the bar of where you'll go in life. So if you don't believe, hey, I had a client that we were talking about financial goals and she had given this, what she wanted to make as a salary. And I looked at her, it was like, I know I used to be in, in your field. I know what the median range of your salary is. And you're about that's double of what you're actually saying you wish you could make. I said, why did you pick that number? And she said, oh, that's all I can see myself making. That's right. her self-belief. That's her self-image. And so it's going to set this boundary, right? And that's really what it is. If you believe you can, again, we'll go back to what Ford said. If you believe you can, or if you believe you can't, then you're right. And what is that belief? We can choose that belief. You can change that belief. Our belief systems are typically provided to us from watching other people, listening to our parents and friends, family, whatever, saying things. And just because we trust who they are, we adapt that belief system or adopt that belief system. Sorry. And, but someone else in a different family or whatever, they have a different beliefs that it just, if we could switch that belief would change depending on your environment. So the beliefs really are, if you can understand this notion, like you, you, you said earlier, you are who you say you are and believe that. And then so who is it you want to be? Say it and then believe it. And then boom, there you are. And that's, again, we'll go back to the collapsing time piece because that's literally what we're doing is if when you can understand what's going on in, in your person, the yeah the power that we have is it's 
it's that we haven't even scratched the surface of what we can tap into and in, in the abilities that we have as humans. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by the, I've always been fascinated by topics like this because I think there's so much that is unseen the, and the impact that we as humans can for ourselves and for others and out in, out here in nature is it all occurs like you talk about in our minds. And then when we get together as people, it becomes amplified. There's, I think there's an amplification effect when people get together and through some sort of agreement, start moving in the same direction. That's it's, I don't know, it's super powerful. And I think, I think that it's, it is a personal responsibility, perhaps. I think maybe I'll put term, term it that way. I think it's our personal responsibility to pick up the charge and say, okay, what am I going to do with it? What do we, and what do I want to do and who, what kind of impact do I want to make in the world? And then just go about doing that because mm -hmm. there's nothing, there's really the, most of the things that are stopping us are just sitting in our heads. There was a guy, there's, I don't know if you've heard this, but a couple of people have done this to my knowledge where they start like with a, with a penny or something like that. They just keep trading up, they keep trade in, they get this and then all of a sudden they're buying a house and it's a, and it's really just, it's a sort of a mindset. And most people would never think I could start with this little penny and I could trade up, but continually meeting new people, trading new things and end up with something that's super expensive. Most people would just never think they're like, that's not what you do. That's, you can't do that. But people have done it like <laughs> legitimate people have done this several yeah. times. So you can't say it's not possible. You just have never done it. You've never seen it. You never touched it, but it actually is possible. Yeah. Adam Parr here is, I'm going to chime in every second. Adam Parr, he's yeah. in actually the UK. Somebody you should know. He's, he's, he does some coaching work as well. And he's also got a podcast that you might be interested in. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, there's a show called The Undercover Millionaire. Have you heard of it? I have. Yes. <laughs> it's that they, so they, these, I think Grant Cardone is on the newest season. I could be wrong about that, but they sent him off to some, town with a hundred dollars and a beat up car. And then they have to go make a certain amount of money in a certain amount of days. And you want to oh. see mindset and work of what you were just talking about. Watch that show and watch really? how they turn that hundred dollars into massive amounts of money. And it is, it's a mindset is really, as they say, I have no limits. All I have to do is just, how can I pivot? How can I be creative? How can I, what can I do to make this penny turn into two pennies to make that two pennies turn into 50 cents. And literally like I have two pennies, all right, let's go buy some whatever plastic and then recycle it for a dollar. And then I have a dollar. It, they just thinking out that way, but that's the mindset. Those who say, oh, that can't be done. That's you have this fixed mindset. So obviously it's not gonna be done for you, but if you have this growth mindset, you find the ways to make it happen. And this, it really is just changing your perception on things. And how, how do you perceive the world to actually work? Is it you're a, a product of your circumstance or is your circumstance a product of who you were trying to be? And it's just a good, it's a good show. It really does it. Really, I'm going to, I'm going to certainly watch that. Cha so challenging this a little bit as we come into our final, our final time here, challenging this a little bit. It's been a tough year for a lot of people yeah. through COVID, a lot of significant changes around globally. And some people have really taken that to, to this idea of necessity of some other invention and they've gone off and created new things. And then some people have just recoiled back and just kind of become a little bit hopeless. What do you say, or how do you, how would you walk a person through if they're watching this and they're thinking that's all great and fine for everybody else, but what about me? What's something that you could begin with 
as a person or even for, you know, for me or for you, when we get into those stages where we're just like, ah, things just aren't clicking. What then? Where do we begin to get us out of that rut? I'm just a firm believer that awareness always precedes change. And so I, I feel like a lot of people are in this rut and they feel like they can't get out of it because they're not aware of these ideas or these concepts. Again, it's that belief system. Like they hear about it, but they're like, I don't believe it. So let's just bring the awareness and we can physically show people how people have pivoted during this, during COVID and schools had to pivot. Businesses have pivoted. We have curbside pickup for just about everything now in situations that never existed. So th there are ways to really come out of this. And so it's just opening them up and having this discussions going, look, you're not stuck. Let's just brainstorm. And this is, I think mastermind is a, is another powerful tool. So if we're, if this individual is feeling stuck, let's get into a group that we can mastermind and come up with better situations. I know in the Springs, I think this is really where your podcast came into play was there's this creative collaboration piece that was put on that was, we were trying to help businesses pivot and they were going to use podcasters to help get stories out there. Maybe we can get ideas of where they could go into different directions. And so it really was all these people coming together and say, okay, well, this is the problem you have. What if we tried this? And so sometimes if we just get a different point of view, then that person's, oh, that makes sense. And it's not all on them. So this collaboration piece of mastermind and getting others in there that might have better ideas, that's significant. The other piece though, if you really, you're just on your own, I'm reading this Adam Parr here, where he's like being patient with yourself and taking those gradual steps. So there's another piece there, right? Where we can't think of how to pivot when our mind is just in this chaotic state, right? So to me, there's weird, there are exercises that I do with clients that really helps to just bring the serenity into the mind, to calm the mind, because we can't get new thoughts when there's just so much going on. And I found that once we get that going and we do this other exercise about going how I can or how I can't. So I have two columns and how I can, I put a big X through the column of how I can't, right? Because you can do anything. We just know you can do anything. So let's just come up with ideas on the can. And I don't care if you think that it can happen or not, just come up. It could be the most outlandish idea there is. Write it down and then see if you can make it work. And that's forcing them to get out of that, this fixed state and going into this idea of, okay, if this is what I'm going to try to make happen, how do I do that? And then you get them thinking in different realms. And that's always been a very powerful exercise, at least for me and, and, and my clients to really get them out of this idea of, I can't do anything. I can't, I'm just stuck where I'm at. And to, to understand, oh, there are some possibilities. There are some options that if I just entertain them, I could possibly get into a different situation. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I love what you talk about with masterminding or getting connected with other people, because it seems to me that in any, in most situations, probably any situation, if you want different results, you have to change the input or you have to change the process on the input. And it's very difficult to do that in isolation as just ourselves. It's it, we need outside input. We need outside eyes. We need somebody else to look in and then offer sometimes different input. Because sometimes we're not seeing things the way that we, the way that they are in reality, or we need to see somebody else's perspective. And then sometimes we just don't have the tools. We don't have the process to work on the, the inputs. 
And so of course we continually get the same outputs. And if we see, if we sense that in ourselves and then become, develop that sort of angst, I think one of the, one of the best places to look out for is just who's around me, who's around me, who seems to demonstrate the qualities that I'd like to have, and then go talk to them and invite their input because they clearly know something you don't. Years ago, I learned to rock climb because I was afraid of heights. And the first thing I did is I went to go find somebody who could teach me how to rock climb because I intuitively knew that if I was, if two people are standing at the edge of a cliff, one person's afraid, one person isn't, what's the difference? They're in the same circumstance. And I thought, well, if I'm the guy who's afraid, there must be something I don't know. And so I got to go figure it out. I got to go find somebody who does know that. And sure enough, there's all sorts of things I didn't know. And then that fear and fear and safety became less linked. Now it was like, am I safe? Great. Am I unsafe? Now I know. Instead of I'm just afraid. Fine, you're afraid, but you're un but you're safe. Great. Now you don't now I don't need to be afraid. Mm -hmm. So there are things, and like you talked about, this idea of collapsing time, just make a decision. You can make a decision and then you can go get new inputs or new process and new people. And the world is a different place almost immediately. And like you gave your example of your son in 30 and that's pretty profound to have a, a young person who also gets the notice of the teachers and stuff <laughs> we're like wait yeah. a second what's happening here why is this person so productive <laughs> yeah you know, and the that collapsing time piece the the, the mastermind piece or finding those that that's collapsing time too as well right you're going to someone who's done what you've already done so they've learn the lessons. They know what doesn't work. They now they know what that does work. So going to them, you don't have to do that. They've just collapsed time for you again in that realm of going, this is what works, do it. And you go and do it. And boom, guess what? You get the results that they have because they've gone through that process. Yeah. So you do this professionally. Yeah. I do this professionally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I've got your website up there, GarrettGoggins.com. And again, I don't, we just met an hour, a little over an hour ago, and we've just gotten to know each other over this period of time, which is fascinating to me. I love the ability to do that as you're sitting there in Colorado Springs and I'm sitting here in Wisconsin through the magic of the internet. I mean, it's fascinating. And to the point, to your point of we get caught in limiting beliefs, it wouldn't have been 20 years ago and people would have said, there's no way that you would be talking with somebody in a different state, sitting in a state park, talking about mindset changes. There's no way you're going to do that. And, you know, much less a hundred years ago, which is really not, which is really a blip in all right. of history. Time moves so quickly. And the people who have moved it forward are the people who said we could, not the people who said we couldn't. Yep. Completely agree. Completely agree. This has been a fascinating conversation. I'm obviously passionate about it, but I think it's cool that we, and I guess just to attest, they're like not even a year ago, I would never have been on here because I was a very introverted self person myself. And so mm. it's amazing that we have this platform and that you can have these discussions with people and really get their passion out there just over. And I have a cup of coffee. I haven't taken a sip yet, but it's there. But having this conversation, this coffee with humans, it's love this idea. And it's, it's uh, I'm glad you like you, you pulled the trigger and made this thing happen because it this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad that you're here. Appreciate you. I don't have coffee, have coffee, so I'm cheating. Because I, I can't, I really shouldn't have coffee at 2 p.m. It's 2 p.m. my time. I really shouldn't have coffee or I will be calling you at 2 a.m. <laughs> letting you know I'm still up. And so I've learned that lesson through the hard way. But I have this Coca-Cola with coffee stuff, which I bought just the other day on a whim. I was like, I got to try this stuff. And it's really good. So I've, I am breaking a little bit of a rule. But I, I, would, I, would, I would have such a hard time making just one cup of coffee. So I, this forces me, boom. Just one cup, 69 milligrams of caffeine. So 
it's not too bad. It's one, one cup of coffee. It says coffee. So I think it works. Well, for those of us, for those people who don't eat coffee or drink coffee, it's okay. They can come out coffee with humans too. They can go to coffeewithhumans.com. The only rule is no sales calls, but man, this has been great. I thank you so much for joining me. I love the topic that you have and I love your passion behind it. And I'm a firm, firm believer in what it is you're talking about. Cause I know it's, it's made a difference in my life to put some of those principles into play. And the fact that you are going so far as to call it engineering, because there are so many things that we, we are, we're just scratching the surface, I think, to understand the depths of how we can control our lives and our experiences with just beginning with our mindset. So thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. It's like I said, it's been a blast. It's knew it was going to be a fun experience and you did not disappoint. My friend did not disappoint. It's all due to you too, man. So if you want to catch up with Garrett, go to GarrettGoggins.com. If you're interested in mindset and if you want to know more about collapsing time, and how that could work for you. You can follow up with them too. Thanks, Garrett, man. I will talk with I will talk with you soon. Right. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.